to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible ala ba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel before. And he has put all things under his side, under his side. formula has got two parts right there are re- reagents on one side and the products right so his word is like the reagents that's his word and his name the product so you can't have a product separate from reagents When you see that God is good or he is a good God or he is Jaira that's a product his word will tell you and because of that word it will produce a product of being good So when you say he has set his word above his name he's trying to say this is what defines me as a believer how can i deal with pride you see one of the things you need to know about pride is that it is a second nature people don't try to be proud they just find they've done it sometimes it's like blinking you don't say let me blink boom let me blink boom it just happens so if you want to stop blinking it has to be a conscious decision you have to always look at the way you behave the things that that make you feel like you don't deserve this kind of thing and it's not just necessarily what we call normal ego you are pushing outside the ego limits i like to give this example if a friend that you always give things you always give him when he asks when he's broke you give him then one day he has two scones then you ask for a scone and he says ah gigo i've stunned you you are you sure you stunned me yes and he even looks full but he has stunned you Then after 2 minutes after he's eaten one he says ah ah get can you accept if the answer is no already that tells you you are proud you know you are hungry why not just sola and get but then you have you have, you have too much self consciousness and then have you noticed how quickly you said no you didn't think about it that's how pride is So this is why it's it's like a spiritual sin and by spiritual sin I mean it is within your DNA. So you don't realize it that you are doing it. You don't realize it. people who've got a chronic MM people who've got um a genetic sickness. They don't say at now let me activate it. They just find ah in asthma. 
<laughs> I don't remember summoning it. You don't have to. It will summon itself. <laughs> so if you want to defeat pride, you don't just find suddenly you are humble. Humility equally is not a gift because you're not born in it with it. So you have to force things. The same way pride is a gift. So if you want to, it's an inborn thing. So if you want to deal with it, you have to consciously say, I am humble. And I tell people, plan your humility. Because if you don't plan your humility, then pride will take you by surprise. If you want to be humble, you have to plan it. Somebody asked me a question at, but won't I look like I'm faking it if I plan my humility? So when you don't, when you don't, uh, when you don't plan your pride, is it better off? Because at least you're not planning it. Does it help you become a better person? So the, the thing with humility is that you have to plan it. This is how I'm going to behave when I'm in public. When they praise me and they tell me, ah, you plan how you are going to say, ah, no, 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 no. Thank you so much. You are the one who helped me. Without you, I wouldn't have done it. You plan it. The Bible doesn't say, receive the gift of humility. The Bible says, humble yourself. That means humility is a, is, is a personal, conscious act. God doesn't humble you. You humble yourself. The Bible says, because he humbled himself to the death on the, on the cross. He humbled himself. The Bible says, he stripped himself of all rightful dignitaries and assumed the guise of sinful flesh. He humbled himself to the death on the cross. So, Jesus was consciously doing it. When he was removing deity from himself, he was there. And when he became a human being, he was conscious. Because of that level of humility, therefore he has been highly exalted. So no one ever became humble, not even Jesus. You can imagine how hard it must have been because he was God. So don't tell me it's easy for him. I don't think it was. Even when he was, he was being... When he was being baptized by John, John started a fight. He said, Yai, why don't you baptize me instead? Jesus said, ah, anyways, let's just fulfill the scriptures. We fulfill all righteousness. Just baptize me. To the extent that when that happened, even God was so impressed, he manifested in the form of a dove. And he started, the Bible says, he rent the heavens. In, in other words, he didn't say, um, uh, I've got an announcement. That's uh, Jesus in whom I'm all pleased. No. When the word opened the heavens there is the word he tore the heavens. That means there was a show. In other words, God was excited. And he said, that's my boy. Why? Because even God understood how deity. You see, God is not looking at Jesus as his son. God lo is looking at a part of himself that has left to become a human being. So he understands how difficult that is. And when he humbles himself there, God is impressed by himself. It takes power to humble yourself. He says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Why was God so excited? He knew it was hard. To, that was very difficult. Uh, it was not an easy thing. And let me tell you something. Every time you humble yourself, there was a promotion. There's a promotion. No, this is what I'm telling you. I'm not even happy because I'm giving you a secret for free. Every person who ever humbles themselves 
their anointing and the grace on their lives shoot up. I know we've looked at, I know we've looked at um, Philippians chapter 2, but let me show you something from the book of, um, you know, this is why I get surprised. How can you miss these discussions? So like when, when it's being taught, you are enjoying it. When you're learning from God, you love it. Then when you walk out, that hunger is gone. So that you can miss it the next Sunday. It takes a lot of boldness. I want you to look at the book of Acts. Chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Hmm. I'll begin from 34. The Bible reads, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. The word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. After the baptism which John preached. Are you seeing that? The word, verse 36, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee. After the baptism. After the baptism which John preached. The word only, John had to be a part of it. After the humbling of himself to the preaching of the baptism of John, which was a lower revelation than what Jesus carried. But it had to be after that. He says, afterwards, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. That only came after the baptism. Meaning after he lowered himself to be baptized by John, there was a promotion that came in the spirit. Before that, as a 30-year-old God, still he had no name. Until a man with a lower revelation baptized him. No man ever grew in the spirit beyond his humility. So, and it may consist in simple things. You know that pastor is coming to preach. You make sure you come after him. You're not humble. Now, I understand. Listen, let me teach you. I understand maybe if you had class. But if you knew that you knew that there is, that there is service with pastor, a man sent from God, and you just dilly-dally, you bath late, you come, you're not humble. And you will keep remaining small. And you will, you will think, what did I, what did I sing? This is the sin. I'm now telling you. <laughs> and if you are getting offended, you are not being delivered. You will be worse. <laughs> P- 
I don't think people understand how technical the realm of the spirit is. Do you know when you say a man is a pastor? How do you walk into a classroom or a teaching? And I'm not saying, I understand people probably at class, but I'm talking about those who you know you are just late. And you've got every stupid excuse like, it's far. Why didn't you start off early? You should have started off early. If I don't teach you this, you won't be delivered and you'll keep remaining small. If you want me to stop, I can stop and tell you you are going far. I told you a story one time how I was going to a church innocently late because everyone there comes late. It was in 2012, 2011. I didn't know I was going to start a church in, 20, in 2018. I didn't know. I had no idea I was going to start a church in, 20, in 2018. Did I? No. But I heard the voice of God whilst I was going there late. And he said, what a seed into your own ministry. And I ran because God scared me. And when I reached church, I was still one of the few first people to be in church. But remember, that service was supposed to be at 9. I arrived at church at 9.30 and I was one of the earliest. I still failed. Yeah. It's like getting 38 out of 38% and you're the highest in a class of 50 people. <laughs> you have still failed. So you could be thinking you are doing best, but you are measuring yourself against everyone's weak standard. Yet there's a standard that God has set. And you're not teaching that, but because you are reaching the bare minimum, you become comfortable in it. You are proud. You can't. I walked, I walked into... Now, these are things that... These are things that I can tolerate many places. And normally when I tolerate those things, I know I'm not helping you. I remember walking into the teens class last Sunday. And when I walked there, I said, hi guys, and they were all sitting down, I said, your pastor walked in and you were sitting. And I just walked out. I'm not demanding my honor. <laughs> I'm trying to train people to give honor where it's due so that they can reap a benefit without anything having a claim against them. Because the realm of the spirit, remember, the realm of the spirit is very, it's rigid. I'll give you an example of the rigidity of the realm of the spirit. Do you remember when Jesus they almost killed Jesus when he was a baby. What did he do to deserve that death? I'll tell you. What he did was be born. You can never be too innocent in the realm of the spirit to not suffer an attack. You can't be. Do you remember the attack which was on Moses as well? They were killing everyone two years and below. What did he do? Be born. So already being born is a crime. When you are born with a great destiny, great destiny, you are a criminal. 
Just your birth alone is a crime. Because they are not looking at what you have done and what you have not done. They are looking at what you can potentially do. So they will look for every fault that they can find to enter the worldly system and come for you. So they find a, a, a king who already has jealousy issues. That's their entry point to come to you. Kai, they can't find anything around you. So they will use something. Now imagine if they can already find that you are proud. Forget the king, forget your relatives. They know you don't respect godly programs. Sometimes you say, ah, I forgot. The fact that you forgot is a problem. Why did you forget? <laughs> you want us to understand. The, us who understand, the realm of the spirit will not understand. Because the question is, you, can you forget an exam? Never! Why? Because of the weight you've placed on it. In the same way, the argument is you don't place weight on godly things. So you don't deserve to be graduated. You are proud. Somebody say wait. How, how are you told that the meeting is at 18 hours? Then at 18 hours, that's when you start hurrying up to make sure you're ready in time because you have to work. Then you say, hey, at least by 18.30, I should be there. You are a fool. <laughs> Don't worry, your pastor will pamper you after I'm gone. <laughs> You can do that with anything else, but with godly, you see, and let me add another word, hypocrite. I, I, I am in an institution, me. Huh? You can't go late for court. You can't. You just can't. It's so bad that they can throw away your whole case. The judge is sitting, you're walking in, and it's your case. You're in trouble. They will ignore you. But you will lose the case. And if you're a young lawyer, they can even chase you. It's strict. It's militant. So imagine if I can go that early for a court session, then here I come. I come I, anyhow. I just to church. I'm coming late. And you see, many times, many times I'll go late because I don't want to hate myself. If I come here, that's why I always call these people. I say, how many are there? Because I don't, when I come here, I'll be dealing with this thing. I'll be dealing with this thing. I'm seeing you walking in late. <laughs> now, obviously, remember, I'm saying people have different reasons. Sometimes you are out of school. Sometimes you are labs. But I'm saying as much as you don't have anything that you know are supposed to be there, be there on time. It's, you're trying to make yourself humble. It's humility. You make yourself humble. Especially with godly things. Sometimes it will look like nothing has happened to you, but it doesn't mean nothing has happened. Yeah. Let's go. Thing that I told to you, I can have it back and I'll give you back half of the money that you gave. And then 
disappointed in you because I have helped you a lot and now you want to give back. So I don't know. Then so they've helped you a lot in the past. We help each other. Then in the end, you just say, okay, you can have everything. You can have what I sold to you and I'll give you back the money. If I that one, so is that okay? Or no? But I thought my example was different from that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What do you think? Ah, I said this <laughs> But the next morning they say, okay, send the number. I send you money, but they don't send. So you just take out and say, okay, I'm sending you money. They were trying to manipulate you so that you leave them alone. Tell them to send. <laughs> Sometimes you try to separate business from friendship. Don't do business at a, at a friendship level. You have problems. Let people sign and tell them, you know, man, I don't like coming the, the, our, our business coming between our friendships. So just pay because you see a side you don't like. That's business. So for me, what I can do, I can grab them afterwards, love them, and behave like nothing happened. <laughs> business is business. You help each other, right? So the time that the person was helping you. They were not helping you on business terms. Now they entered into a business to want to use the help they gave you before as a bait. That's not fair. So please, don't bother your conscience. Good evening, Dad. My question is, if I am busy, like maybe in a public, in public or in class, or just busy, but I have to pray, does it carry the same weight if I pray on the inside as it is when I mouth out the prayer. You can pray in your heart. It's, it's better than thinking the wrong things, I think. But at some point, you just need time to pray. I'll tell you this. I get so busy in the day, sometimes. Now, the way I am is every morning when I'm going for work, I drive. I, I mean, I pray whilst I drive. I Seriously. In fact, I go with Bupe because I drop her somewhere sometimes. And sometimes I go. I've been going with Bridget. I like being alone. I don't pick up lifts because I need to pray. And if I'm going with Bupe or anyone, I tell them to sit behind and I put the volume so they don't hear my prayers. <laughs> I'm trying to say, find a way to still pray. Two, I make sure I'm in the, at night, I try by all means to be in the living room. And many times I'm so tired. I'll take a nap. I'll wake up. I'll pray after I take a power nap. Then I'll go and sleep. You, you can't afford to not pray. At some point, you just have to pray. You can't rely on prayers for in the heart. It has to come out of your mouth. That's where the power is. Many times you will pray and talk to God in your heart. That's good. And things happen. But, mm, Andy, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it. You shall meditate. The word of the Lord shall not depart out of your out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it. Joshua 1 verse 8. Second, second, second Corinthians 4.13. With the same spirit of faith, we believe therefore spoken. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you believe in your mouth and confess, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and God raised him from dead. You shall be saved. Uh, Mark 11, 23, 24. 
If you believe and say to this, whoever believes shall say to this mountain, and say to this mountain, be removed, and shall not doubt whatsoever he says, he shall have whatsoever he says. So there's so much saying to be ignored through the scriptures. So much saying to be ignored. So you can't develop this for in the heart mentality. It will not take you far. What does it mean when you have dreams about people and creatures you can't define, always trying to kill you, even when you are in a crowd, they only target you? You probably need deliverance. These creatures sound, sound demonic. It's, well, it means they want to end your life. Is it okay for me to cook for my boyfriend when he visits? <laughs> ah. Okay. I don't advise your boyfriend to visit you in your, in your room and you're just the two of you. But if you like chilling here with your friends, you can cook, it's okay. I mean, what, there's nothing wrong with it. Just don't become his wife, you're washing his clothes and things like that. And also like you're cooking every day, you're now even putting food together, you're too close. And there's nothing wrong with cooking for him, he comes, you, you chill. Especially if you're not just the two of you, you are at least with your friend. That's your friend who's spiritual, who's observing what you're doing. <laughs> if you have been enlisted into the army and you are out on the front, put on the front line and you see the enemy approaching, would you use your gun to shoot or kill the enemy? Not you are a believer. Yes. Why are you a soldier if you don't want to kill? <laughs> How do I now you How do I deal with spiritual dreams? What I mean is how do I grow in terms of spiritual dreams? Read my book titled The Art of Dreaming. It will give you very good answers because this question is too open-ended. I have a question. Daddy, I have a question. Two weeks ago, I spoke to I spoke into someone's life, decreeing and declaring good things upon their lives and finances. Few days later, she came with testimonies. Is it possible to decree and declare upon myself? <laughs> I'll tell you this. This is sometimes, sometimes this is a mystery. This is a mystery of ministry. Yes, it's possible. That's the short answer. But I'll tell you that it's a mystery of ministry. There are times when I was not feeling well, I prayed for someone, and they got instantly healed. But the pain felt more for me. But I was rebuking it. I'm not saying that should happen to you. I'm just saying that's it's strange. Many times I've decreed and declared people to have money. It's not like I didn't need it. I needed it. Didn't I speak it into me? Maybe God is trying to teach me patience. But also remember this. The anointing on your life, normally the Bible says, he called you for the benefit of the saints, for the building of the saints. So you find you have an anointing. That anointing is for the benefit of others. It works very fast with others. But on yourself, it will work. But most of the times you have to grow your personal faith. Because if you don't grow your personal faith to see the power of God, then sometimes you become like a superhuman among human beings. So you, you will have to use your own faith or find the man of God to pray for you. Sometimes it's like that. Then you find, where's the anointing on my life? Question one. Normally in church I say the only reason I will not answer this question is because it's too long. I know myself to be hardworking, 
but there are times and this has been a con has been a continued what what i don't know if i can call it a habit or attack or where i find myself failing to study effectively but waste a lot of time with nothing to show off as productive at the end of the day when such is happening i sometimes think there's something i'm not doing right but not sin and righteousness issues can we liken delays to attacks could they be because not doing something right disobeying an instruction okay so studying is about strategy mainly you need to find what works for you when you're studying not what works for the other girl who's brilliant there was a girl in my class who was always studying and always beating us but i can't be like her i can't study every time me i have a life <laughs> so you need to find what works for you some of you what works for you is having conversations with friends about school some of you what works for you is playing music when you are studying when you copy other people who do music when they are studying you don't you start worshiping and then you fail an exam and the reason is that you are not you are worshiping god kai you've said it's nothing with sin and righteousness so you failed because of your good character <laughs> so that's why i'm saying studying is about strategy some people study better when they bath some of us when we bathed we slept <laughs> so for me to study properly i need to go hungry and 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 bath are they now remove a eh the moment i bath forget i'll feel fresh like a baby then i'm gone <laughs> pray about it but strategy is also key i would be intimidated studying with very smart people when i was younger so i passed better studying alone but then when i grew up i figured i don't need to be intimidated i can just go there looking empty but learn everything they know and pass i have nothing to lose so find what works for you best okay how can one not miss the direction god has for the person and how can they learn to tarry in the press in, in the place of process before they huh guys it's song oh this idea of tarry i've never really understood it maybe i mean people maybe people mean spending a long time praying but there's a book i wrote titled decoding destiny read it it's a good book to help you hi dad i'm asking out of curiosity as a gentleman what do you do when your pursuit of a lady doesn't go your way and that you are completely convinced that she's the one <laughs> do you give up or do you keep trying So it's normal that pursuit does not go your way. Men know that pursuit does not always go your way. So just try again. But then if after you've tried again, you are still it's clear she has refused. Keep your dignity and just walk away. It's okay. It's okay. You can find a better one. How is grace differentiated from mercy? 
So grace basically is God's empowerment. But mercy is like a second chance. I think I've asked you. Mercy is the thing that mercy is like the thing that especially when you are for errors it's the mercy of God which speaks for you. Eh? Okay, let me deal with the last questions. When I come back, there are too many. I'll come and deal with some of these. But sometimes the words are used interchangeably. So don't be too technical. This is not medicine. But they are used interchangeably. Because grace, it, this is a huge topic now. I've just thought about it. When I get into it, I will lose my way. So, Can you separate spirituality from professionalism? If not, how does one deal with a profession that doesn't discriminate against gay rights, but instead says they have mental issues when you know deep down that it's a spiritual matter? So for people who are gay, there's a clinical debate of, uh, what do you call it? Dysphoria. It's a... There's a dysphoria, but there's also uh, what they call an orientation. So firstly, it's not that people have got estrogen. That's why they want to be a girl. Because you find there are many, many women who've got beards. You've met those? They are still as women as much. They've got more testosterone, but they've not changed to want to. And it's genetic sometimes, to want to become. You know that women have testosterone. Do you know that? <laughs> it's just in very small quantities, but they have it. Okay? So, but they don't want to become males. Why? Because the desire to want to become, for example, an opposite sex, it's psychological. It happens in the mind before it begins affecting your physiological processes. It begins with the way you think. It begins with the way you think. Now, if say we discovered that there's actually a sickness where people are attracted to the opposite sex, and we can find the imbalances, say, in the hormones, and we can clinically define it. Does that, this is where the debate is, does that mean it justifies people crossing over from one gender to the other or from li liking the opposite sex to liking the same sex? Or does it just mean it is now a sickness that we need to find a cure for? I'll say that again. Are you following? Let's imagine we clinically diagnose people who are attracted to the same sex and we find the problem medically. We say this is what happens. Do we now accept them and allow them to do what they want? Or does that just show that this is a sickness, now we have to find medicine? It's a debate. I know you are saying it's a sickness. Someone could be saying, no, 
Because there's no medication so far that changes someone who's gay. Except that what people have done is that they've accepted it. But if you find someone who has a sickness, what do you do? It's just a sickness. Find medicine. So I call it a dysphoria for me. The medical people are supposed to know. <laughs> so look it up. Dysphoria is a state of feeling uneasy, unhappy, and unwell. So it can be a gender or a sexual dysphoria. That's a psychiatric term. <laughs> you have oversimplified it. Your definition has oversimplified it. So I'll give you an example. It's like finding a sickness. Um, there was one doctor sometime back in church who came very sick and they started explaining all these things to me about what they found out and the guy was so smart. You know those people who speak English. And I didn't want to contaminate myself with all that because as medical people, they are right. I said, just stop. Out! He manifested. The demon came out. Go check. He was healed. <laughs> So don't tell me everything, because if you tell me, I'll become like you. Sometimes you shouldn't tell me what the doctor said, what it means, because you reduce me to your level. So let me just come from my very spiritual place and deal with the situation. The point I make is this. You will find many clinically defined sicknesses, and you can even know this is the medication for it, this is how you treat it, this is how you cure it. As a doctor, you need to know that, right? But as a, as a spiritual person, you cannot, ah, I think Bafuni can out We just need a pastor because mm, mm, mm. these sicknesses can also go by out. So don't balance the two. Just know that there's this world and there's another world. All right? There are people who can have the same headache by a demon. Then for others, it's stress. For you as a doctor, when you find a headache, treat as a headache. Good evening, Dad. I acknowledge your presence. <laughs> Dad, I, have a I had a conversation with a gent on how light doesn't mix with darkness, saying we are too judgmental as Christians. He said Jesus hung out with sinners. So why do we talk too much? when gospel artists and worldly artists sing together. Jesus never did collabs with the singers. <laughs> I never saw him write a book with singers that we need to read so that it influences us and we're enjoying us. <laughs> did he? Jesus, I have never seen a collab that Jesus did with singers. In any case, Jesus was not a friend of sinners. There's no Bible which says Jesus was a friend of sinners. They accused him of being a friend of sinners. He didn't say, hey, I'm a friend of sinners. No, they accused him. They said he sits with prostitutes and drunkards and thieves and tax collectors. They were saying he's a friend of sinners. But he didn't say he was. Because friendship 
The concept of friendship means that we have values which are equal. When Jesus was with his, with his disciples, the first thing he called them was servants. But then in John chapter 15, verse 15, he, does, he says, I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know what the master is doing. Instead, I call you friends. So because of the knowledge they had of what his father was doing in his life and of what kind of a man he was, he graduated them from being servants to being friends. So it means, if, if I call you my friend, it means there's a certain level of oneness and fellowship that we have based on mutual understanding and a shared common belief system. So you can't say Jesus was a friend of sinners. You can't because it means he was... Jesus was not a friend of sinners. He never shared belief systems with sinners. Jesus was friendly to sinners. There's a difference. He sat down with prostitutes. He sat down with drunkards. But then afterwards, they didn't go and continue singing their secular songs and doing their prostitution and continuing to steal. Every person that Jesus encountered changed and wanted to follow him. Jesus never became a friend of legions. He cast out demons and made an evangelist out of him. Jesus never made friends with, 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 with Zacchaeus. Afterwards, Zacchaeus confessed his sins and gave all he had to the poor. Jesus never began to hang out and just said, that we are just cool with a woman at the well in Samaria in John 4. After he met her, he converted her and she went and became an evangelist and called the whole village to himself. So if you want to be a friend of sinners or you want to do collaborations with sinners, my only question is whether they are sinners or worldly people, you people know. Because when I, when I just say, like now I've just said you do a collaboration with sinners, they'll stop even listening to me, some of you. You say, that, ah, you are calling them sinners. What do you want me to call them? You, you know, you, you can't say no, but it's only God who knows the heart. Listen to the music they are producing. Listen to the kind of things that's happening to us. And even if they are good people, you can know when you meet a person who's saved. So the question is, what happens to them after your interaction with them? No, but sometimes interactions sow seeds, I understand. But then why remove a very, a very controversial song? Now, I understand maybe if you are doing Ukani Manje, uh, Let's stop election violence. Uh, let us promote uh, prevention of mother to child transmission. But a gospel song to preach, maybe if it's just we are praising God, maybe I can understand. But now a friendship. Sometimes, sometimes you find that many gospel artists, many gospel artists, what they want is to tap into the, the crowd and the numbers of a secular artist. So what they have is not a hunger to preach the gospel. What they have is a hunger for numbers. Now, God said, God said, God said to Abraham, I will make your name famous. Meaning sometimes you have to wait for God to push you. You can push yourself by advertising these days allow us. But if push comes to shove, leave it, pray about it. If push comes to shove, I do not support people collaborating because the Bible says do not be unequally yoked beginning to make friendships. Are you getting my point? Also because you begin confusing believers, especially the ones who are younger. They start wondering, there are people who, you see, there are people who are my friends. Some of them are seriously secular artists. 
I will not say their names. But they are my friends. When we link up, we chat, we talk about many things in secret. You will not see me. Because maybe I'll confuse you. So does it mean we should listen to that guy? If I do a collab, you say, who is this guy? Let me check out his other music. Then you start listening to his other music. And some of you, you will fall in love with that music. Now, is it going to bless you? Or is it just going to leave you feeling nice in the flesh? What kind of a person are you going to be afterwards? So you leave some people confused, especially the younger ones in the faith. And the older ones also, you're not going to be building them. Because Peter was told, Peter, feed my sheep. And then he was told, Peter, feed my lambs. That means as a minister of the gospel, which is what, for example, a secular, I mean, a gospel artist is, he must feed the older ones and the younger ones. So if you produce a meal, which will be tolerated by the older ones, but it will likely mislead the younger ones, you are not a good minister. And many times people who say do not be judgmental, people who say do not be judgmental, it's because they are judgmental themselves. And who told you we can't judge? The Bible says a spiritual man judges all things. So if we don't judge, what do you want us to do? No, you are not God. The Bible says you are gods. Huh? Sometimes when people say don't judge me, they want to be free to do what they want. And they, they say, only God will judge us. No, even us we can judge. Because Paul was writing to the Corinthians and he says, you guys, don't you have people who are even the weakest among you can judge a case. Why take it to the law courts to judge? Don't you know that the saints will judge angels? Now, if you can judge, you are going to judge angels. How come you can't judge these normal things? And then again, he writes the Corinthians and says, a spiritual man can judge all things. Yet he himself is not subject to judgment. So the, the question of collaborating with secular artists is very tricky. But for me, and the people that God has given me, I say, don't do it. Except it is, let's keep our community free from election violence. Let's support child health, maternal health. Those you can do a song, I will sponsor it with some secular. But even with that, you need to know which secular artists. They are just those that, yeah, yeah, Imam. I won't say names. I don't know if you're getting my point. I hope I've helped answer your question. <laughs> it's very strong. My views are very strong. When I was young, I used to talk on social media. These days, I realize I'll just receive a bashing for myself. Good evening, Dad. I acknowledge your presence here. <laughs> Dad, what does it mean when one keeps dreaming about death constantly and that someone... someone and that someone's or other people's death, you need deliverance. Or you need to go on a fast and rebuke that spirit. Because it's an attack on your mind. It's an attack. And the more you fear, the stronger its grip becomes. How can I defend Christian artists not working with secular artists scripturally? How can I de defend Christian artists not working with... This question seems to be coming back. The Bible says, do not... Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Then it says, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Then it says, what fellowship has light with darkness? In other words, you are light, they are darkness. Yes. 
Remember what I told you? Oh, no, but we have been too judgmental. Fine. Let me give you an example. <laughs> Remember the example I gave you last time? If you denied your father because he was never there when you grew up, you are 30, you are now rich. He comes and you say, it's not my father, it's this one who took care of me. This is my father. You are right in a sense. But let's test your DNA. Whose DNA will be found in your blood? Between the one who took care of you for 30 years and the one who gave birth to you, who was, ne who was never there. Whose DNA will be in your, in your system? Huh? The one who neglected you. So no matter how much you deny him, is your father. Oh, wow. Okay. So that means no matter how much people deny the devil, is the father. No matter how nice they are, if they've not given their lives to Christ, who's their father? And if you marry the person who's in-law, <laughs> so do not unequally. So I've given you a scripture, right? Good. You, you see this thing for secular artists, you need to take a personal stand. And you can't be liked for it, especially if you publicize it. That's why we keep quiet. But we, those of our own, we tell them, just don't. Yeah? But people are free. Don't, 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 don't hate those who do. Just leave them. Maybe they've got their own convictions. I've given you mine. Can a person have all the spiritual gifts? Because for me, it's like one starts, then it stops. More like in seasons. I hope you understand what I mean. I do. You can, because you've got the Holy Spirit who lives in you, who's a source of all gifts. But normally you find that one gift is stronger than the other gifts. Yeah? You can. And sometimes the reason why it happens seasonally is because the Holy Spirit wants you to manifest a particular gift for a particular reason at a particular time. Does his, does huh, purpose of a child who dies at birth die with it? Does the purpose of a child who dies at birth die with it? Yes. No, where do you want it to go? <laughs> That's why they should just not die. You get my point? There is this friendship that I plead for. Okay, not in not entire entirely pleading, but I just feel like I am forcing the friendship and it's so hard for me to break my ties with her. What I don't know if this is a relationship or just a friendship. I need to know because it's in between. But there's a voice note I did. How many listen to it? On it's nine minutes. So just share it in the group. On friendships. I think I talked about feeling valued and your value being appreciated in a friendship. You see, the reason why you are ignorant is because you don't read and you don't know. So sometimes, check for what pastor has posted. If I've not saved your number, we can talk about it. Dad, what is the explanation of one not being able to call the name of Jesus when the spirit man is in trouble, especially when having nightmares? Out of curiosity. This is not out of curiosity. It's out of problems. <laughs> <clears throat> it's the attack which is fighting. So what you do is now you continue training your spirit to hold on to the name and power of Jesus when you are awake. As you do that consistently, it will show up in your dream. Are you listening to me? Dad, I was asked why I am a Christian, and my answer didn't seem valid. What can one say when they're asked why they're a Christian? You don't need to 
defend yourself. Also, you need to give me details because this is vague. Is it a sin to have a tattoo? It may not be a sin, but it will cause you problems. It's likely to cause you problems. I don't think it's a sin, but it's likely to cause you problems. I've cast out demons from people because of a tattoo. In the Old Testament, they said, don't do it because worldly people do it. Now, that's not what determines whether you're worldly or not. The spirit is to not be like worldly people. You need to be careful the emblems and the things that are around you. Very careful. For example, there was a story I heard about in China. You know how they like, like dragons and things like that. There's this person who had a dragon. And every time he prayed, he never had a breakthrough. Then he was wondering why. Then God said, that thing that you have there always seems to attract a spirit to block your progress. So put it down. When he put it, put it down, that's when his progress started. So don't just say, it's just a painting. It's weird. Why do you have it as a painting? It's weird. So no, it's just a drawing. It's weird. You know, there are things that are weird. They don't look heavenly. It's not like you can find that weird picture in heaven. <laughs> a strange drawing. You, you have it on your chest. A gun on your chest. What is it doing there? It's representing violence. <laughs> now, if you have a permanent tattoo, maybe we can just pray against it and let it just remain as a mark. But I advise people, don't get tattoos. It's not necessary. You invited me here. I'm not coming back. I believe in the power of God. I stayed for a bit, but I am back. Now it's become nearly impossible to express this power. Why? <laughs> Sometimes, don't leave. <laughs> Just be patient. There's a price in leaving. He was with God, and he saw the power of God, but he left. Now he's back. Now he can't see the power. <laughs> this looks like a he. <laughs> don't leave in fact there are certain places where after you leave you can't go back because the bible says the angels who disobeyed left their estate are they back there was a guy who who they chased from the garden did he go back in the bible there's a guy who they chased from the garden they put an angel there so there are some places, just don't leave. Then there are some places, when you go back, be patient. Because if you are frustrated, you go back into the world which you left. It's the first time in my life I'm finishing an question and association. Thank you for your patience. In 2015, I had a dream that a lion came in my room and said, I will steal your knowledge. And since then, my academic performance has been declining. What can I do? Get on a fast Pray and fast and do serious warfare, preferably for 21 days. Intense warfare. Sow even a seed. The easier one is go for deliverance. <laughs> even in pastor, how can someone consistently be on fire for God? How do you sustain your passion? So, fire for God is instantaneous, but sustaining a fire takes discipline. You need to be disciplined. I'll give you an example. When I just started out in the faith, I used to feel this fire every time I prayed. Ah, now two years after, I don't feel that fire. I don't feel that bzz, bzz. 
That you are saying you want it because there's a way it makes you feel in the flesh. But stop walking in the flesh, walk by faith. God is not with you because you feel the fire or you don't feel the fire. God is with you because he said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So the presence of God must be connected to what he said, not how it is felt. The Bible says there was a fire, but God was not in the fire. There was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. There was a storm, but God was not in the storm. So sometimes in the loudness of forces, God is absent. But Elijah only found God in a still small voice. Do you remember when the Israelites were being attacked by the Philistines? And they said, before we are finished, let us take the Ark of the Covenant. And when they brought the Ark, they shouted so loudly that there was an earthquake in the camp. And when the Philistines heard that, they were scared. But they strengthened themselves. And because they strengthened themselves, they beat and killed the Israelites that they even captured that same ark. So noise and shaking the ground does not mean God is there. So it's not always that there's a manifestation of bzz, bzz, that that's when God is there. Sometimes it says, be still. Now, when you learn to walk by faith and by what God said, you will always have manifestations of God. When I just began as a minister at WEM, I began to see a lot of power that I never felt. And I was asking God, I was saying, but I was asking my friends, but how come you guys are saying I feel the power of God? I'm not feeling power, but people are falling and they're manifesting and they're getting healed. I'm not feeling. Then a friend of mine said, no, no, no. God is trying to train you to trust in him besides how you feel. So study the word, pray. Thank him because he's with you. Even though you don't feel it, you will always be on fire. Not because you felt it, but because you know I'm on fire. I can be in the office, me. I remember there was one time I was in the office. We had worked, worked, worked. We were not praying, we were just working. Then this one guy came and said, very rich man from the copper belt. Pastor said, come see this man. I went to see him. He parked a very expensive Jeep outside. I looked at him. We were talking. Meet this person. I said, ah, he needs deliverance. Very rich man. And it was awkward in the room, in the office there. We are working as lawyers, getting in trouble and coming out of it. And then I said, can I pray for you? He said, yes. The rich man was sitting like this. He was sitting on my chair. I said, mistake number two. <laughs> I put my hand on his chest. I put my hand like this. Something threw him on the floor and he began to manifest. And they began to cast out demons. Come out, come out, come out. And then I called him by his first name after I was done. I said, John. <laughs> I said to the ones who were there, I help him up. I said, what happened to you? He said, the chair pushed me. You don't know. You don't know that even the chair you sit, something happens to it. Something happens to the very chair. The Bible says they would bring Peter's shadow. Ah, if Peter's shadow could heal the sick, my chair can cast out demons. Imagine what your pen can do. Huh? Imagine what your wig can do. You are not ordinary. It's not the fact that you are praying. No, 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 no. It's just who you are. But because you are conscious of who you are, you can switch. 
can be looking at a lecturer. I'm not feeling too well. I said, uh, give me a minute with a lecturer. You're going to be healed. Healed lecturer. Can you continue lecturing us? Uh, what happened? I felt better. <laughs> That's the kind of Christian that God is going to show in this day and age. Amen. So don't wait to feel the fire to know that you're on fire. Know that you're on fire. Then you'll be on fire. How does a child of God live a holy life? One, two. How can you grow spiritually in your Christian walk today? Join discipleship class. See Sarah or uh, Willa or Willa or Patience or all these people, Mangala, Natasha, there is um, this girl from Mass Choir. They're all going to help you. Okay, it's important because these things are taught in detail, right? How do you differentiate God's voice from your own thoughts or from... So read the book that I have bought, I've written. It will be coming out on the 1st of June. It is titled Winning the Battle Against Your Mind. This question is adequately addressed. It's 150. So... Uh -huh. Be, interpret, um, be in another person's voice. Yes. <laughs> there was a guy in the Bible. God started talking to him. When God was talking to him, he thought, that's my pastor. So he went and said, ah, pastor, wait, did you call me? The pastor said, no, sleep. He went back. God continued to say, no. Uh, what? Then he said, my pastor is old. Eh? He now, pastor, are you? I said, no. The third time, then his pastor told him, ah, okay, next time you hear that voice respond like this. So like this, you're having a conversation with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I hope you, uh, you, are, you won't pretend when you are in his actual presence. He will tell you, Good evening, Dad. I acknowledge your presence. Dad, I've, Dad I had a conversation with a gent on how light doesn't make with darkness. Last question. Dad, a friend of mine always seems to be on fire for God, but suddenly goes back to the world. When, when who it seems he's finally serious, when it seems he's finally serious, should he go for deliverance? He just needs to be serious. But sometimes it's that. If let's say there's a, spirit, a worldly spirit, an, an evil spirit, I'm, I'm going to answer spiritually. The problem with this person, because I, 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 saw, I saw a revelation in, the, in my spirit. For this one, particularly the problem, I see wrong people surrounding that person. So if you want to hold on to friendships that are worldly, you'll be on fire and, and on ice on the, at the same time. So tell, tell this person, pastor said, it's your circle that is going to spell your downfall, not that you are a bad person. Okay? All right. Praise the Lord. Did you have a good time? All right, done and dusted with this question.